A trans weightlifter fails to medal in the Olympics. An Olympic wrestler praises God and America and the Center for Disease Control issues an eviction moratorium and a border policy. I'm Matt Odegaard. Welcome to Church Public. Again, welcome back to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard, your host. Thank you so much for stopping by today. I certainly appreciate it. And if you haven't already, you can check out some of the other podcasts at churchpublic.com. You can subscribe at Apple Music and Amazon and and any of the other places. You know those already. So if you are listening and you want to watch, there are a couple of pretty interesting clips. I think you might want to see especially this wonderful American Olympic wrestler who I think responds appropriately to the opportunity to wrestle for America in the Olympics. But uh, if you are just listening, thank you so much. If you want to watch, you can go to churchpublic.com or check us out on YouTube at churchpublic. One word there will find you. So again, thank you so much for supporting. If you like this, if you want to share it, I really appreciate it. And if you do want to support, you can go to churchpublic.com support. Again, I appreciate it. I'm trying to bring you good content from a biblical worldview of things that are happening in this world because there is a lot happening in this world. If you missed yesterday, poor Gonzo is out the window and there's a lot more going on today. So today we are looking at the Olympics, a couple of stories that are coming out there, and then the Center for Disease Control. No, I'm not gonna talk about vaccines or masks today necessarily. What I am gonna talk about is their border policy and their eviction moratorium for the Center for Disease Control. Again, we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we get there, Laura Hubbard, <coughs> the Olympic weightlifter from New Zealand who is a trans woman, uh, a biological man who identifies as a woman, has unfortunately failed in the weightlifting attempts to, uh, you know, uh, to win in the uh, in the Olympics. It's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, this person did try and they unfortunately failed. Uh, here's a quote. Let's see. Hubbard's first attempt, the weightlifter tried to lift 120 kilograms. I am from America, so I'm not even going to try to do a, a calculation on that. You can figure it out if you want to. Uh, the 43-year-old's second attempt, they did lift a very shaky 125 kilograms, but uh, unfortunately there was some question with it and it was challenged uh, and the, the jury ruled it was a no lift according to ESPN. So on the third attempt, this uh, Hubbard could not lift the 125 kilograms. So as the announcer said, this is the end of Laurel Hubbard. This is an interesting story because we've been talking about this competition and we've been talking about the general issue when it comes to identifying as trans. In other words, in this case, a biological male identifying as female and vice versa. A lot of people on the interwebs are saying that because this weightlifter, biological male who identifies now as female, did not win, it blows up the whole case against men beating women in competition. Unfortunately, that is just not, it, it's not true and it also doesn't matter. And I'll talk about both of those things in a moment. So here's the deal. Uh, this person, as you saw before, if you were watching, if, you, if you're not watching, you can look up a picture, is a 43-year-old person. They 
I mean, I'm just going to say this outright, don't appear to be in the best shape of their life. Is that a fair way to say it, right? They, they just don't appear to be in the best shape of their life. The other weightlifters who are in, I think, their 20s, are who are women, who are in their 20s, handily beat this person. And, um, and again, you know, maybe they had a chance, maybe they didn't. It really doesn't matter. In the point of competition, you can look up statistics on all kinds of competition. It just is clearly the case that men are uh, biologically more inclined to compete over women. That's why, in the first place, there are women's sports. We talked about that the other day. So I'm not going to talk about that much anymore. Um, you can look up those stats, uh, or you can disagree with me. Either way, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. The bigger issue is the bigger issue. The bigger issue is reality. Reality is an important issue. Truth is an important issue. We will always come back to that. We will always come back to that in one of my favorite lines of Jesus lately, beyond him saying, I'm the, the, the truth. He actually says he is the truth. And so truth is very important as we follow after Jesus. But when he talks to Pilate and, and he says, you know, I am the truth and we're dealing with truth here. And Pilate responds, you can look this up in John if you want, or a couple of the other, or other gospels. Pilate says, what is truth? And this is the question that we're wrestling with between faith and spirituality and reality and the rest of culture, which is saying, well, what is truth? If this person, Laurel Hubbard, says they are a female, even though they are biologically a male, this is accurate according to articles and, and their own description, then the answer from culture is, well, then this is true. So this has two implications. Again, in reality, the, the competition thing, I think it is a thing. I, I don't think biological males should compete against biological females. I just, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. It's just not. But beyond that issue, this issue of reality is an important issue. It's an important issue in the church. It's an important issue just in all of society. It's just an important issue. If we cannot call real things real things, we literally have no society. And, and that sounds dire or doomsday or whatever, but it's true. If you can't say what is real and what is not real, if this is an apple and this is an orange, but you say they're both apples, then you have nothing to talk about. Like you literally have lost all language. The, one of the beautiful things that we have as humanity from the beginning, going back to the garden, right, is the fact that we have language and we're able to communicate with one another. That's even what I'm doing now. You're listening, um, maybe you're interacting, maybe you're yelling at me, it, fine. The language is really important. If we really devolve language into nothingness where any word can mean anything, it has impact in reality. And this is a problem. We, we really have to guard language and we have to guard reality. And and in the, the quest of the kingdom of God, right, as we're pursuing the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. If we're not seeking the true things of God and the true things of the kingdom of God, this world, right, the law of nature and nature's God, as, as we've talked about on, on some of the other episodes, if, if we're not believing those things and acting like they're real and we're pretending that they're not real, it has actual consequences in real life. And this is a problem. And we really have to, to talk about these things. Even yesterday, I talked about like one of the issues was a medical doctor teaching a class of medical students apologizing for saying a woman can give birth. And the offense there is, and this person said, it's the greatest thing the greatest human error is to offend somebody, which again, we went off on yesterday, that, that's not a thing. Uh, people are going to be offended by a lot of things you do. That is why we are also able to talk and apologize. It's important to apologize. I apologize when I'm wrong. 
constantly, I apologize, actually. But if you are not wrong, if you're saying a true thing, then you have to live into that true thing. And it's important to do that. So this medical doctor said women give birth and had to apologize because the implication is other people than women can also give birth, which again is biologically impossible. It just is impossible. Women are the ones who give birth, uh, period, full stop. I shouldn't have to say anymore. This is so common sense. And until five minutes ago, everyone on the planet agreed with this for the whole of human history. And all of a sudden, now other people can give birth, BS size women. And you, and you have medical doctors teaching medical students that this is the case. And then you have the American Medical Association saying, we're no longer, we don't want to put the sex of a baby on the birth certificate just in case they decide to change it later. These are just two. I mean, again, imagine if we go down this road in five years, 10 years from now, we won't know who anybody is and the doctors are going to treat people incorrectly because you can't even say what your biology is. This is a big problem that has real world consequences that we just have to begin to exist in reality. So that's really all I wanted to say about that. I, I think it is, it is strange, perhaps ironic that this uh, trans weightlifter did not finish well. Uh, it doesn't change the argument for me at all. Again, as many people on the internet are saying, see, they're just the same in terms of competition. Yeah, that, that's, this is one, one case and again, a rather strange case. So it, that, that argument doesn't hold water for me. So what I want to do now is I want to do something good because I feel like I always give, I, I always give like negative and, and sad and weird messages. This one is great. And so I saw it and I loved it. And I, I'm gonna, we're going to watch it together. If you're listening, you can listen to this. I'll try to turn up the audio so you can hear. And you really should go watch because the joy that we see in this Olympic wrestler's face is wonderful and contagious and I love it and you should love it and we love her and she is everything that you want an Olympic competitor to be. There's been all this just crazy shenanigans going on in Olympicville and and it's sad because at one point Olympics could have been great and they are a coming together of all these nations and saying as humanity we can be better than the idiosyncrasies that we have in different countries. And that's a topic for another day. I don't want to get into that today. I just want to show you this sweet girl's face because it is incredible. And I hope you like it as much as I did. Let's take a watch. By the grace of God, I'm able to even move my feet. Like, I just leave it in his hands. And I pray that all the practice, that the hell that my freaking coaches put me through pays off. And every single time it does. And I get better and better. And it's so weird that there is no cap to the limit that I can do. And I'm, I'm excited to see what... Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. I mean, come on. Can you not just, like, feel the joy? If you couldn't see, she literally is bouncing up and down so excited and she has wrapped herself in an american flag if you if you didn't see it and she says at first it comes on really quick but she says i'm just thankful to god i praise god for this situation and like all of the workouts she said that her her coaches put her through she said were literally hell and if you were an athlete at all i'm sure you can completely understand that and and she's wearing this flag and the the, the interviewer says 
what do you think about that? And she's like, I love it. I love America and I'm so glad to represent it. And I just loved that story. And it's so great that somebody understands that where you come from and what you look like don't matter that much. What matters is what you do with it. This person applied themselves. Um, this is Tamara, I'm sorry, Tamira Mensa Stock. Um, and, and she, she crushed it and it's just so great to see to see her uh succeed and um she beat i'm um, just looking it up here she beat nigeria in the 68 kilogram again these olympic numbers my, my sweet canadian wife would probably be able to tell you what that means but anyway 68 kilogram freestyle wrestling final um, making her the second American woman to win gold in the event. She is also the first black woman for America to win a wrestling gold medal in the Olympics. Again, I just, I love this. I love her heart. I love her attitude about it. And amidst all of the other crazy Olympic things going on, I just am, I was so pleased to see that. And I was so pleased to see her reaction. And I hope she gets all of the praise that she deserves for working really hard and succeeding uh, despite all of the challenges. I, I just love that. So uh, finally, and, and this may take a moment, but this is a weird story. And, and the reason it's weird is we, we just have to talk about like, uh, we have to talk about the CDC. And the CDC is, as you probably know, the Center for Disease Control. Now, the reason we're talking about the CDC today is not anything to do necessarily with virology or virus or vaccines or any of those things. It's this thing called the eviction moratorium. Now, the eviction moratorium is it was put in place and it's been going on for a long time. And it just means that if you are renting from somebody, the landlord cannot evict you. And it was put in place in some part because of the coronavirus issue. Okay. That's where the CDC came in. Now, what happened was the, like, the legislation did not take it up. The Supreme Court said you couldn't do it. And there, basically the eviction moratorium expired, I believe August 1st, it expired. So that meant that if you had not been renting for, in some cases, like 14, 15 months, you had to pay your rent. Because as renters, you pay rent. Again, should be common sense, but a lot of people, you know, struggling. Okay, there's a time for struggling. But... What happened then is the president said, we are going to extend this eviction moratorium. Again, I just want to be clear. The United States legislature did not say this. There's no law. There's no, there's no ruling. The Supreme Court actually said some statements against being able to do this. Joe Biden said, we're going to do it anyway. So the authorizing party that entered this into another 60-day window of eviction moratorium, so they extended it for another 60 days, where you can't evict somebody, was the Center for Disease Control. I, I, this is an important story because as we look at government, and in America, it's supposed to be representative government. In other words, you, the person, the people of the United States of America, elect a person to represent you in the government, and then hopefully... They represent what you want and, you know, work sometimes, doesn't work sometimes because there's differing opinions, different views. 
In this case, with the eviction moratorium, an elected official did not make the determination that renters did not have to pay rent. It was an unelected government body called the Center for Disease Control. And this is important. This is important to understand and to realize because you can't call your representative and say, hey, you voted for this thing. I didn't like it. Can you vote against it? Or something like that. Representative democracy, right? You, you can't do that because the CDC doesn't answer to you. The, the CDC is just a body of, of administrators that work in the government and next to the government. So Biden apparently said, do this, and they did. Which means it's governing by edict. It's governing by, I want this to be done, so we're going to do it not by representative democracy. I don't know, maybe a small thing, but it is a big thing. And the reason it's a big thing is one of the, the founding principles, when you, when you hear in the Declaration, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the original statement that was written, uh, it was changed to pursuit of happiness, but originally it was property, life, liberty, and property. And the reason it's property is we do have a God-given right to property. And I'm not going to go into that right now, some of the Bible verses of that, but, but God says that we are to take care of things. Even if you go back to Genesis, like we are given the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve is given the Garden of Eden to steward it, to work it, and, and to, to do well with it. And, and there's some other property things that we could go into, but, but property is really important. So essentially what the government is saying is a person, and, and when you, I'll, just, I'll just back up and, and, and just set the, set the table, right? If you rent a house from somebody, the contract that you go into is, hey, you own this property. I would like to use this property, so I will pay you to use this property. Really easy, really easy contract, right? The government has then said over the past year and now for two more months, you, the renter, are off the hook from paying the property owner. And, and that's, a, that's a problem. Because what if you're a property owner? And, and by and large, like, Okay, there's, there's big corporations that own properties. A lot of property owners in America are just, just people, just you know, families who had a house and then said, I'm going to move to another house. And rather than sell my first house, I'm just going to rent it out. I'm going to rent it out to a nice family. I'm going to do something like that. So then the government says, well, that first family and your first house, they don't have to pay you anymore. So now you, the property owner, have to pay two mortgages or, again, extend that out as, as, as much as you want, as far as you want. That actually turns into a big problem. Like how can a person, just a regular person who owns a couple properties, a few properties, like how are they supposed to then pay their bills or avoid bankruptcy? And the government is essentially coming in and saying, it doesn't matter because the person who's in the property has more value than the person who owns the property. And not to put too strong a point on it, but this is essentially the ideology of like socialism and communism where there is no private property very clear in those in those views that you, they want to abolish property private property and they want to have everybody have the same thing and give people property who don't have property now I, i'm not saying this was necessarily a move towards that but it's hard to know what else it is and Again, the reason that it is concerning and strange is the Center for Disease Control is the one who put this eviction moratorium out. The Center for Disease Control. So now the Center for Disease Control has the power in America over private property. That should be a little bit concerning. That, 
That's not the way the system is designed to be. Private property is not supposed to be designated by a non-elected government entity, whether you can get money for your private property or not. That's an issue. Second issue that's connected but different is this Title 42. You may or may not have heard of Title 42. It was enacted a few years ago in the previous administration, I believe. And it essentially says some of the people entering the country illegally can be sent away quickly because they may have some kind of virus or contagion. And again, this was enacted for COVID and it allows the government to send people away, which ostensibly is, is a good thing. But it was just reinstated again by the Center for Disease Control. So now we have the Center for Disease Control dealing with your private property and the Center for Disease Control making immigration policy. So again, whatever you think, and we've talked about the border and there are definitely too many people coming across the border and we should definitely not let so many people come across the border, but is the governing body that determines immigration in America supposed to be, for instance, the Supreme Court or the House of Representatives or the Senate, you know, the legislative body of America that we elected that represents us in America in the government, or a non-elected government entity like the Center for Disease Control, which you have no way to speak into. They're going to do whatever they do. Um, this is a, an issue that we have to keep an eye on and we're just going to have to figure out what to do with that. I thought it was an interesting story. I thought I would pass it on. You can think about it. You can research it. It's still, in some sense, um, coming out as far as what, what is happening in this. But I think it's worth talking about and it's worth paying attention to because this, this is not the way the government is supposed to run. And obviously, there's a lot of ways that the government is not doing the right thing at this time. But... This is kind of a big one that the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, now controls some aspect of Americans' private property and immigration policy is a strange twist of events. And if we continue down roads like this, allowing non-elected government bodies to create policies like this, then we're going to see a lot more issues with freedom. And that's ultimately the, the bottom line is, do you have the freedom to own private property? Do you have the freedom to live in this country? Or is someone or some government agency going to tell you what you can and cannot do? And this is what we just have to watch out for. So thank you for joining us today. I just want to give you a couple of quick stories. And, uh, you know, whether or not you're watching the Olympics, I'll, I'll just keep my eye on it and see if there's any more interesting stories. But I just loved um, that that uh, that wrestler. She was amazing. You should definitely go watch that if you didn't get a chance to watch that, just to bring a little bit of joy to your day. And as always, I really appreciate you tuning in. You can check out more at churchpublic.com. And as always, keep the faith.